Yeah. I said I won't touch it. Admin went, no, don't. <laughs> uh, when I sent the running order out, I nearly put on the bottom of it, Adam, do not clap me on the stage. And then I knew it's probably going to do it even more if I do that. So I, uh, I didn't antagonize him. So I know it's been said many times throughout the service, but Happy New Year. It is 2018, and um, we are blessed. We were blessed with a 2017. However that may have looked for you, you may have actually thought, you know what, 2017 wasn't great, but you were blessed with a 2017. I was blessed with a 2017, with all the challenges that came with it, because there were some challenges in 2017, I promise you that, right? But I was blessed with a 2017, and I wasn't at the point, uh, 11... 59 p.m. on the 31st of December, I wasn't at the point where I was like, I cannot wait for this to be over. Because even in the difficulties, God had been faithful and he had brought me through. Amen? Anybody else? I'm not on my own. Okay? You're like, oh, thank you very much. Thank you. But God had brought me through and he has blessed me with another year that has already seen its challenges, <laughs> that has already seen its difficulties, that has already seen me challenged by God to up my game and to grow more in Him. It's already seen that. And what date are we on? The 7th. The 7th. But I am thoroughly determined, even in the last 24 hours, God has been speaking to me and challenging me again. I am determined to live a life that is out of this world. I am determined to live in a way that God has ordained for me. And I want to tell you, young people, you may have gone, oh, when you found out youth wasn't on. And you might have gone, oh, when you, they've gone out. Well, Paul had his birthday yesterday, and so he's older than he was, so I'm not talking to him about the youth. Have they gone out? Well, I'll save my little speech then until next time they stay in. But I am determined to live a life that is out of this world. And I want to challenge you today the right way. I have a determined to live a life that is of this world. Because if you know him, you are living an extraordinary life, or at least you should be. And I'm not saying that in a condemnation. Are you joining me, Tracy? <laughs> Do you know some people? Oh, the youth are locked out. Maybe Stephen May should be maybe be in the service listening to me. I want to say at the start of this message, it's a choice. It's a choice of whether we are going to receive what God is saying to us today, or whether we're going to sit and criticize what God is speaking today, or whether we're going to query what God is speaking today, or whether we're going to open ourselves and say, God, whatever it is that you have got to say to me today, I am ready. Because I am determined to live a life that is out of this world. There was, in the scriptures I was reading over last night, there was this, uh, this verse. I'm, this isn't part of the preach, but it says this. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. Now I'm going to put your mind at rest. I'm not going to preach for a long time. If everybody turns around, although it's just gone off, there's a timer on this long time that said four minutes of my time. But it says Peter preached continued preaching for a long time strongly urging and that's what stuck out to me strongly urging all his listeners and you know what that's what I feel that God has said today for me to say at the beginning of this message that he is strongly urging us to listen 
to what is going to come out this morning. And to drop down any walls that we may have put up, to drop down anything that may hinder us from receiving what he's got for us today, that God is strongly urging all listeners to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today. And particularly over the last few months, it has been a rock to me. And prior to that, there has been times where God has just used this passage of Scripture for it to be something that I held so close to my heart. You know when it's like my father speaking to me. And he gives me this passage of Scripture. And I actually spoke on it a few weeks ago at the ladies' ladies meeting. And but in the, in the last few days, God's spoken to me in a different way. Because how many people know you're never going to get to the end of what God's got to say to you? It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Auntie Stella, how long have you been saved? Sorry? Over 50 years. Mum. Come on. At the end of what God has got to say to you, or are you constantly getting treasures out of his word and revelations? all the time. So this is a passage of scripture that I know really, really well, but God has spoken to me in another way about it. And it's in 2 Kings chapter 5, and it starts in verse 8. Those ladies who were at the ladies' uh, meeting will be like, what's coming next? With Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. First thing about this was that Elisha was known as a man of God. How am I known? How am I? Living my life. That isn't actually what God challenged me, but it is one of the things that I always about this scripture. The man of God would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It is not us, my lord, the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha is prophet in Israel. He tells the king of Israel of your words you speak in the privacy of your bed. He is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. You know, we have a savior, we have an enemy. <laughs> But I'm thankful that my Savior is victorious and that with him I'm on the winning side. And yeah, the enemy will prowl and the enemy will set traps. And, but my God, my God is victorious and is a conqueror. And the report came back. Elisha is at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant, of ma- the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. And could see was the enemy. As far as this man could see was despair. 
as far as this man could see was doom and death and negativity. That's all he could see. That was everything that surrounded him. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Well, I don't. For their aid, Elisha took our side than there are on theirs. Now, in the natural, that look sounded completely ridiculous. They are surrounded by the enemy. That was all that could be seen. But Elisha knew. He knew something. And he was bold and confident in the God that he knew to be able to say, for there are more on our side than than there are on theirs. So do not be afraid by what your eyes may see and what your ears may hear. Because my God, my God, because I trust in my God, because I know my God, there are more on our side than there are there on, oh, can't get my words out. You know what I mean? So don't be afraid. <laughs> Elisha prayed, open his eyes. Then Elisha prayed, open his eyes. Open the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Amen. And amen. How many people need that assurance today that no matter what your eyes may see and no matter what your ears may hear and no matter that you feel that the enemy is camped all around you and no matter what people are saying and no matter what reports you're hearing back, that there are more on your side than there are on theirs and you just need to lift your eyes higher to see what is there and who is working on your behalf. And I believe that God has this challenge for you. And that's why he has told all of us listeners, we need to sit up and pay attention. And we need to make sure that we're listening today. Here was the new challenge. Vicky, do you live like Elisha? Because any preacher that stands on this platform is not perfect. Every single preacher that stands on this platform is on a journey. We are all on a journey. So please don't think when Adam says, Pastor Vicky's getting up and there's a big clap and I get on the stage and suddenly this, this amazing, perfect person who never has any struggles, who doesn't, we are in this together. We are in this together. We are on this journey together. And so God challenged me, Vicky, do you live like Elisha or do you live like the servant? You see, Elisha just, wasn't a big deal. He just knew it would happen. <laughs> he just expected the miraculous. He knew when the, the servant stood there, in he knew, oh, he just needs to push his eyes open to see what's going on. And Elisha didn't, Elisha had his eyes opened because Elisha lived knowing that there is something higher. Elisha viewed that situation from top to bottom. He viewed it from on high. He viewed it from a place that he, no natural thinking could comprehend. And you know what I want for this church? You know what I want for my life? You know what I want for my family? And heaven knows I need God and I need help in this. I want 
to be so consumed by the Spirit of God. And I want every person in this church to be filled with the Holy Spirit and consumed by the Holy Spirit that we would walk and be a church that are full of Elishas so that from out of this place, we are going to change generation. We are going to change a generation. And from us changing generation, it's in the generation after that. Because I need to be an Elisha. Because if I don't, if I'm not an Elisha, I'm a servant. And I'm looking at things with a natural perspective. And I have been designed to live a life that is out of this world. And without the Spirit of God in me, I can't do it. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, I can't do it. You know, I've been around church many, many years. I'm 42, had to think. I'm 42, and my parents started a church, and I've always just been around church. And um, we were talking with some friends today, and, and one of the things that I know is that it's very easy to become a Christian, to get saved, to be part of a church, but to develop a learned behavior so that we are saved, we know Jesus, but we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And we look at other people and we look at where they're at on the walk and they're like, okay, I want to be like them, so I need to do, I'm going to try this. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, it's good to be on a journey with people and it's good to get wisdom from people. But if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit yourself, it is a learned behavior that you are just trying to figure out for yourself. But the real power and the real change that you need in your life is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, that's how we will be Elisha's. Because we will be so consumed, we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every single part of us will be full of him that we won't be responding in earthly ways. We will deal with earthly matters rather from a top to bottom perspective. And rather than of the top, to let's all panic. Let's not quickly look to the top. Because that's not how let's panic and oh, let's hope for something higher. Quick, God, bail me out. God, help me. Elisha was like, no. Because he already knew who his God was. Elisha was filled. He was filled with something from above. He was filled with something heavenly. He was filled with God's power. He knew God. And what he had received from the top was what determined how he handled what had come from below. What he had already received from above determined how he handled what had come from below. Because the enemy comes from below. He was aware of the earthly perspective. He was aware of, of all the earthly conflict. He was aware of all the enemies. He was aware of all that. But he didn't live in it. He didn't live in it because he was of something completely different because he had received from above. So he, it would determine how he would respond to what was from below. See my husband gone. There's one gone. You know, when we... In a car... If you put diesel in a petrol car, 
you've got a problem. Right. Oh, Philip, have we done that? Yes? Okay. All right. I wasn't going to name and shame you, but your wife was. All right? Just putting that out there. If you, you, if you put the wrong, wrong thing in your car and you fill it with the wrong thing, then you're not going to get the right thing out of it. And you're heading for disaster. But if we are filled with the Spirit of God and we are putting the right thing in, it will determine what comes out. It will determine what comes out. And I don't think there's any of us here that can't kind of like have a self-check of what are we putting in. Because what we are putting in, that's what we've got to draw on. <laughs> we've, that's what we've got to draw on. So if we are filling ourselves with earthly things, the only thing we can do is respond in an earthly manner. And then we're in a mess because there's no power in responding in an earthly manner. And so we'll want to live our lives however we want. We might want to go out and party on the We might want to do this. We might want to look this upon the incentive. We might want to listen to that person. But if you do that, and if I do that, then that's what you're going to get out. <laughs> and then we turn to God in a panic and go, God, can you sort this mess out for us? And I'm, I am not saying we shouldn't be praying and asking God for help. Please hear what I'm saying. I'm speaking on a different matter here this morning. But the fuel that goes in the car determines what you get out of it. And so we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God in us. It's God's Spirit. It's nothing freaky. It's nothing spooky. It's nothing weird. If anyone's ever said anything about the Holy Spirit and made it all seem weird, it's not Jesus. God's not weird. But when Jesus ascended to heaven, Jesus said, you, the Father is He's sending heaven. you. The Christian life is to, fill, is to live a life that is filled from above. Not to throw out an SOS every now and again. But that we would be able to respond with things from below, from what we have received from above. And that's where the breakthroughs come. And that's where the healings come. And that's where the revelation comes. And that's where I suddenly feel like, okay, I know I'm a Christian. I've given my life to God. And, and but I feel like I'm saved. Over and going through the same motion. Now, you see, when I gave my life to Christ, I became a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Many of us will know those verses. And, and Christ's spirit, God's spirit, came to dwell in me and to live in me. And I knew I was saved. And I was baptized of water. And, and being saved is about repenting. If anybody doesn't know what it is, being saved is about repenting. Repenting is to turn your back on your old life and to turn towards God. There's a scripture, I'll read about that in a minute. And to give your life to God and completely reposition yourself with the old behind and you're facing God. And I knew I'd done that. I knew I'd been forgiven. I believed in Christ. I knew all of that. But somehow I felt, I know it, I know God's presence, I know, but I don't feel like... I've got the victories that they've got. I don't feel like. You see, when you put the petrol in the car, now I'm not going to start talking about the engine of a car because I have no idea. <laughs> but I got this concept and I did a bit of a Google on it 
and so it works. And Barry's looking at me really sheepish, like, she's going to talk about a car engine. I'm really not. But when you put the petrol in the car and you turn the key and you start the ignition, that fuel is released to do the work that it's been, it, that is required to do. That is the thing that gets the car up and going. The fuel is there. It's in there, but there is a release. That there is a release of the power that that fuel contains throughout the car that they've been designed to do. Without the turn of the key, without the fuel being, you know, what does the fuel do? Yeah? Like that, okay? Without that happening, Rowan's laughing at me. Without that happening, the fuel will stay in the car. I'm going to read some scripture. Gone way off my notes. Just trying to find where I am. This is what Jesus said in John chapter 14. And I will ask the Father who, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. The Holy Spirit leads. Sometimes people will not truth and talk. And I sometimes feel like, even when you're at school, if you've been in a C of E school or whatever, that the Holy Spirit can sometimes end up a tag on. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But actually, the Holy Spirit is no less than the Father or the Son. Because the whole thing is God. The whole thing is God. It's the full package. It's the full it's package. It's the whole package. The Holy Spirit is what we need to live a life that is out of this world. The cross and the blood of Jesus saved us and forgave us. But the Holy Spirit will empower us to live a life that we have been designed to live. And that is a life that is out of this world. In Luke chapter 11 verse 13 it says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We've got to want it. We've got to want that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit to be released in us in such a powerful way. We've got to want that power to be released in us and not to just live a mundane life knowing that, well, we're okay. We're going to heaven. Well, we're okay. I'm forgiven. Know that hunger to live life to a completely different level, to live life with, in the way that God has designed us to live. It says in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, this is Jesus. Once when he was eating with them, this is Jesus eating with the disciples, he commanded them. He commanded them. He asked them. He commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 1, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus said, do not leave. You know what we're talking about this morning, church? We're talking about important, important things. 
God, Lord, what he said at the beginning, and listen up, listen up to what I'm saying. He says to the disciples, do not leave without the Holy Spirit. Do not leave without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And maybe you feel like you are going round and round and round and round in circles and you cannot understand why you're going round in circles because you're like, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. But it's time. It's time to open yourself. It's time to turn the key and allow the fuel that is in you to be released into every single part of your life so that you can live a life from on high, so that you can live a life that is out of this world, can totally consumed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the top responded because what I see is free from the top determined how we saw what had come from below. The Holy Spirit works from the inside out. It says to ask, to ask for the Holy Spirit. It takes an action from us to release it. Where's Adam? You may have been saved, you may have been baptized in water, but what I want to say to you today, have you ever been filled, baptized, or maybe you've heard of it as, as referred to as baptized, moment where the Holy Spirit, have you ever had that moment where something else for more and you open yourself up to God and you say, God, fill me with your spirit, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And you open yourself up and you give yourself to God to fill you from top to bottom in every single area of your life. To receive that empowerment that will be given to you when the Holy Spirit is released in your world and in your life. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says this. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead... Be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're taken over by something. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, and today what I believe is for some people in this place, and it's, it's the next step of your journey, is to say, God, I don't want to be in control of me now that's not freaky that's not weird that's not like you have no control you have because don't forget this is always a partnership this is always a relationship you and God but you are running your life by filling yourself by with the wrong fuel and it's by allowing yourself to be filled and it's time to open yourself to him to open today I know I need you more than ever. Today, God, I know I need a shift to take me to the next place. I know that I need your power. I don't feel your power. I need your power. And today, I pray, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. And you know when that happens? It can't happen and you not know. Because the power 
that will enter your life. You will feel it. You will feel it. I want to just speak for a moment to the Christians in here who speak to myself and God's challenged me through the night on this. You know what it's like to pray. You've been filled with the Spirit. And you know what it's like to live in that place, but you don't feel like you're in that place any longer. I would ask this question. How does a drunkard stay drunk? They keep on drinking. Maybe that's not the best term. But I think it gets the point across. They keep on drinking. And God really placed on my heart that there are some people in here today and you are not the person that you once were because you have moved away in from, from that place of living, of spirit, of walking in the spirit, of, of, of being away from direct contact. You haven't stayed, you've moved away from, you've, you haven't distracted by earthly matters. And so your responses, everything you're being dictated to from an earthly place. God wants to say to you, you can come right back in. You come right back in. In this time of worship, speak to God. You say, God, I have moved away. Move, not turn my back on you, God. I've moved from moving direct. I've moved. And instead of being filled with the Spirit, I'm being filled with earthly matters. And I'm opening myself up again. And maybe you have never heard about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is going to be covered in the discipleship course as well. That's going to be such a crucial thing. Maybe you've never heard of it before. And sometimes it happens with someone laying hands on you. Other times it happens just you and God just opening yourself up. I know my mum said it happened to her in the bedroom. Because she opened herself up to God. And she was hungry for more. And when it happened for me, I just opened myself up to God and said, God, I need more of you. And I need to be filled with your spirit so that I am operating. My life is off place so that I can live a life that is out of this world. You know, as the worship plays just two songs, if that's you and you're like, that is the key I have needed. I've not known what it is. That's the key. You can just where you are in this worship, forget about the words. Don't bother about the words. Focus on God. Posture, ready, just however it is for you and just speak to God. Just say, God, God, you've spoken to me today. You've given me the answer that I have been searching for. Holy Spirit, God, today, with your Holy Spirit, you do want someone to pray with you. If you do, there's people on the front row. You can just come to the front row and somebody will pray with you. But I would urge you, as it said at the beginning, to all listeners, and as Jesus says to his disciples, do not leave until you have the Holy Spirit, because that is going to be the thing that will take you to the next level and will cause you your life to be something that is completely out of this world.